Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. 80% of the estate agents I talk to cite word of mouth or recommendations or referrals or reputation. The business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. We aim to do what other agents can't, won't and don't do. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. In today's episode, there's just me. Phil is on holiday, shock horror, but he did a load of the last few episodes, which were our fantastic industry experts episodes. So if you haven't listened to any of that series, go back and listen to them. We've had some amazing industry experts on there, including Stephen Brown, we've had Sarah Edmondson, we've had JP from Castle Dean and many more. So have a listen to those. If you haven't already, there should be the previous episodes to this one. But in this one, I wanted to talk to you about some home truths, and that is about how to build a robust growth strategy for your estate agency in a way that you're probably not thinking of at the moment. And this is based on a blog post, which I'll link to actually in the show notes, which was called Customer Acquisition, The Cold Hard Truth. And Ian Story commented on it and said, if you know Ian Story from Stories of Cheshire, commented on it and said that he'd found it really interesting because... He'd actually built his business over many years based on something we like to call word of mouth. And this is about your reputation. It's about local brand awareness. It's about how people talk about you and your brand and how that they then go on to refer you and recommend you to their friends and family. My challenge is this. If your business is built on word of mouth, and I asked you to double the number of valuations you've got in your diary next week, how on earth would you do that? I would say that at least 80% of the estate agents I talk to cite word of mouth or recommendations or referrals or reputation as their primary source of new business. But that isn't a robust business strategy. What that is, is a nice to have. It's a bonus. It's the icing on the cake. It's the thing that you work very hard for. It's not the thing that drives the business growth engine. In fact, if you can't find a way of buying new business, of paying money to generate new vals, you haven't really got a business growth strategy. So that's what I want to talk to you about in this podcast episode. So if you want to build a business that has a robust and sustainable growth strategy, you have to be able to buy leads and valuations. Now, interestingly enough, in most countries in the world, They have portals that capture consumer data and sell them to real estate agents. So in America, in most states, you can buy real estate valuation leads for about four or five dollars. Now, obviously, the more money you put in, the more valuations you have. We don't really have that. Our closest equivalent is either the right move or Zoopla suites of services, which we don't really like or use in Ashdown Jones, maybe they work for you, or something like Valpal or or one of the valuation generators that definitely don't work on the higher end of the market. And that's it. You can't really buy a valuation lead in this country in the same way they can in other countries. What you can do instead is pay to generate marketing that's going to generate a lead. 
Now, our primary source of marketing and new valuations is, of course, our direct mail. And you hear us talk about our direct mail all the time because our direct mail is the lifeblood of our business. In fact, without direct mail, we probably would generate, well, the first year we're open, we would have generated probably 10% of the leads that we actually did do. Now I would say it makes up for at least 40 to 50% of our valuations and probably more than that in our new Dales office. As some of you know, who have been listening to the podcast for a little while. We've opened up in Skipton in the last few months and there's only direct mail that's going to generate a new business there. So I know that people like Humberts and you move, uh, move into a new area and offer free commission. So for the first, however many valuations and instructions they get, they don't charge commission on those. I don't think that that's a sustainable strategy. And it's certainly not something they're going to be able to grow the agency with. It's only going to be a quick fix right at the beginning. And they're probably going to attract freebie hunters. So when we opened the Dales office, we took a very deliberate step to make sure that we only adopted the same tactics that helped us grow Ashdown Jones in the lakes. And that was direct mail. We have two types of direct mail here at Ashdown Jones. One is on the market and the other one is not on market. Our on the markets are to those homes we would really like to list, but somebody else has got. So it's a poaching exercise, really. And the not on markets are a much longer term strategy where we send our letters to properties that are in the tax bands, the council tax bands, F, G and H, to try and generate new business and become more of a market maker. That way we get invited into properties that nobody else gets invited into, possibly ever. And we may be the only agent to ever talk to that particular client. If you don't pay for customer acquisition, you don't have a real business. Now, not one you can sell anyway. So maybe you don't plan on ever selling your business. And of course, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Paying to acquire customers, aka marketing, means that you can figure out what works and what gives you the best return on your investment. And then you just do more of that. It's pretty simple, really. In fact, Dan Kennedy says, the business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And I'm going to repeat this because I think it's really, really important. It's the crux of what I'm trying to say here. The business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. Now, what we say here at the AJ Mastermind is we aim to do what other agents can't, won't, and don't do. And luckily for us in our area, and also in the Dales as well, the other agents that are our competitors can't, won't, and don't send out direct mail. Certainly not of the quality and the quantity that we do. And therefore, we are spending the most to acquire a customer and therefore we win. So to take the first step towards building a robust and sustainable growth plan, first of all, create a spreadsheet. Now I'm going to suggest you have these column headings, something like this, vendor, property, value, fee, source, I'm going to come back to this in a second, status and result. And then look back at every valuation you've done in the last 12 months or longer, if you have the details. When we first did this, we'd been open just over 12 months. And My name is Lisa Curran and I run Curran's Unique Homes in Chester. My favourite part of being a Firewave member is definitely the mastermind days. The chance of getting in a room with people with similar challenges, I get an enormous amount from. I really love the structure of Firewave. It keeps me on track. I find it very, very easy to implement and I love the results that it brings to my business. And then look back at every valuation you've done in the last 12 months 
or longer if you have the details. When we first did this, we'd been open just over 12 months and I'm embarrassed to say we hadn't done this at all. So when we did it, we had to go back 12 months. But now we keep this consistently every single day. Now, your CRM may be able to do this for you, but actually I find that inputting this information to a spreadsheet is super powerful because you're living the data as you enter it and you're really connecting with what the data is telling you and finding patterns. I don't think you can do the same with a CRM. If your CRM can help you do that, then that's fine. Maybe you're already doing this. You're already keeping this kind of data. We weren't. So we found a spreadsheet from scratch to be the best way of us using a tool like this in order to be able to see where our leads were coming from. These are our valuation sources. Letter, connection, applicant. So somebody who's come in as a viewer. Referral, Google. People have actually Googled and found our name. Boards. That tends to be like a local presence answer when we ask that question. Facebook and networking. And again, networking and boards are very closely intertwined because it could be that somebody knows Phil or knows me or one of the team and they've seen our board. So what was it actually brought them through the door? So what this is, is the source column on your spreadsheet. And what you're trying to determine is where are your sources of valuations? Of course, there are lots of different ways a valuation source can come to you. So it could be that they have live next door to somebody who'd recommended us, but hadn't actually taken the step to go on the market. Then they've seen a sold board go up two streets over. And then we've sent them one of our letters. And then they've seen one of our Facebook posts. So the question is, which one is it that brought them through the door? So my suggestion is use the last one. What's the last thing that you saw about Ashdown Jones that caused you to pick up the phone or send the email? What's the last thing that you saw? The last thing you remember seeing? And that way, what you'll get is the trigger point because they could have had seven, 10, 15 different connection points with you, but it's the last one that triggered them to make the phone call or send that email. And that's what's important to you. So that's what we do. Not the first time they came across you, but the last time they came across you. So you need to decide what your valuation sources are, but I recommend you don't have any more than about 10. So you can calculate a percentage for each one and it makes it nice and simple. We found that the receptionists were putting in all kinds of valuation sources like, you know, knows Roger or goes to yoga with you. Not me, clearly. But so we need to make sure we understand exactly what we're asking in that source and that we give them a list of sources. We also put that list of sources, exactly the matching list on our val sheets that go out with us so we can ask or if the receptionists have already asked where the source came from, then that goes on the balance sheet before we even go out. And that gives us a, a topic of conversation. Now, if you do this regularly enough, what you'll see is how you can then move the lever and generate more valuations at a higher value than if you just kind of try and grow organically. And what we noticed in our first couple of years is our average fee was hovering between 10 and 12,000, which meant because we're at one and a half percent, our average property value was somewhere around six to 800,000. And we couldn't seem to crawl up from that. And that's because we were relying on properties coming to us from recommendations and referrals. Even though we were sending out letters, we were sending them out to only on the market properties. And there weren't at that time a huge amount of high value homes on the market. And because we were only newly opened, it was difficult to get the attention of a one and a half million to two million because they were going to the incumbent agent and not to us. 
So we were looking at the value on the fees and sources list. That's what we call our list, our spreadsheet, and seeing how we could increase that value. And it became obvious that until we sent our letters, which we know worked really well, out to not on market properties, those FG and H council tax bandings, we'd never be able to increase the value of our valuations and instructions. And part of the reason for that, by the way, is that recommendations tend to waterfall downwards. So therefore, a three million pound vendor might recommend you to a one million pound vendor, but is unlikely to recommend you to say an eight million pound vendor and put it in real money. Let's say a one million pound vendor will recommend you to a £500,000 vendor, but the £500,000 vendor won't recommend you to the £1 million. Or if they do, that recommendation may not be taken seriously because the two vendors will feel like they're in two different markets. And that's a status thing, really, isn't it? Speaking of status, on the spreadsheet, the last two columns are status and result. Status is, is it pending? Is it lost? Is it won? Is it on the market? Is it STC? And then the result is whatever the final result is, so completed or whatever. But as I say, you can use whatever columns that you want. Once we started sending out our letters to not on market, everything changed. And I have to give Phil full credit for that because this is two and a half years ago now. We had no stock, nothing was coming to market. And he decided to target not on market letters, which is something we'd never done, never as a strategy. We sent out one not on market letter when we first ever opened, which was a brand awareness campaign, which was too expensive what it was, which is just saying, hey, we're here. If you ever think about selling, give us a call. And surprise, surprise, it didn't work. Because what you need is a not on market letter that is a market update, or rather it's a sales letter masquerading as a market update. And to give you an example of what our most recent campaign looked like, we sent out 305 letters last week. These are not on market. So let's say that was £300, roughly speaking, by the time you paid for printing, etc. That would give us on average 11 vowels and four instructions. So four instructions, at an average fee at the moment of just over 18,000 is £72,000 in listed fees. So our £300 was a really good investment. So I would challenge you to get those 11 vowels and four instructions through referrals, asking for recommendations, asking friends and family who they know who might be selling or any other method at all, because I think that the not on market is the best and most robust, sustainable growth plan you could possibly have. So going back to those words of Dan Kennedy, the business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. We spend the most. We spend it in time, effort, as well as money. And then we win the customer that everybody else wants, those high-value homes at £18,000 each. Thank you. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well where you'll find full information on all of our amazing mastermind programs.